in a six-pack. Abs in a six-pack is not the greatest podcast in the world. I know, abs in a six-pack. This is lit, 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 lit. What else do you have going on? It's July 25th, 2023. I'm here with Kyle Bear for Abs in a Six-Pack, episode 202, and this is a new live son of a bitch. This is a new live son of a bitch. Absolutely incredible. Abs in a six-pack. Hello, abs in a six-pack. I'm a drink of beer. Just like. It's going down, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa! Today on the podcast, we're going to be making one of my favorite snacks of all time using saltine crackers, peanut butter, and a little bit of cayenne pepper. They're called Texas Pussy Snappers. Hey guys, your mom took a shit and doesn't want me to see it. Is that funny? It's pretty funny. Shitmyass.com. 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 Oh, Kyle, thanks for coming on. Thanks for bearing with the difficulty. Hey, I'm going to do Oh, thank you. I, I, I thought um, I, I want to talk about your show, which I can't say enough good things about Intergalactic Boombox. Oh, thank but, you, man. But before we do that, I had I I figured since you're a I guess a classically trained vo- vocal actor, and I should have asked you this before we started the recording because it would make it for a funnier bit. But what if we do the first five minutes of the show just playing guys that really are hiding, trying to hide the fact that they have to take a dump? <laughs> we just act constipated, like um, but like uh, like just like you know, like when you oh, man, like you sat. Oh. Like you sound like you're sweating a little bit, like you're like um and like kind of quivering because you're holding it in. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I just I, I had a burrito, uh, uh, Taco Bell, just a little bit, a little bit, yeah. little bit but, ago, and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but oh. you're what I was what I was saying, and I don't know, you, you can't sort of see it, but I'm kind of teetering back and forth a little bit, like kind of like moving from one leg to the other. Uh, but I was just trying to tell you, like, uh, that I was trying to compliment you about your show. That um, first of all, it's it's re- it doesn't take it doesn't take uh, very long uh, to, to listen to. Like my show is way too way too long, and I really need to go. I mean, I don't need to go to the bathroom. I'm fine. But uh, but I like I like that, and I I love the characters. It's like um, it's it's reminiscent of um, like a like a one man band, but for for a, for a podcast. Yeah, yeah, I, I uh, created some original characters, and um, I uh, decided to voice them, so I layer them in production, and I'll spend like six hours or so, maybe a little bit longer, uh, writing the script, and then recording, and then editing, and um, and uh, add some, suffect, uh, some sound effects, and play with an iPhone app, and throw together some little drum beats or something. And uh, drop in uh, sound effect things I find on YouTube to uh, give it some entertainment value. And uh, yeah, podcasting 2.0 enabled, I got to say. Boost. Adam and Dave, totally boost. Oh. Um, yeah, they that, that kind of lit a fire for me to uh, to do the podcasting thing again. I did it years ago, but 
Uh, this time I wanted to do one just on my own as a voice actor and consider it as a uh, experiment and improv. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, and what I... Uh, uh, what I what I really love about it is mainly it's it's kind of like what I, it's kind of like what I do where I can tell you're making a show for your like your own enjoyment like I I can tell it comes out in the product that that you really love what you're doing and that's what I like I love I love shows and anything any art any art that people make where it's it's very clear that. They enjoy doing it. Okay, it's I don't like know a, how long we can keep uh, that bit up. Passion. <laughs> this is why Projects. you're the. This is why they're they're the professional. You were immediately better at that than me. That's good well, though. I mean, improv is always thinking on your toes, and you, you know whatever they throw at you, you got to just go with. So it's like, am I going to really do this for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like, okay, actually, well, I can truly say it's already the most unique podcast interview I've ever done. Oh, good. Well, that's, I, first of all, I have to say that acting like I have to take a shit kind of made me start having to take a shit, which was like something I didn't expect. It's like almost I psyched myself into it. Wow. More effective than coffee. <laughs> yeah. I, maybe it would have been easier to just do the whole show as like Arnold or something. Oh, like Schwarzenegger? Yeah, oh, like we, we could just talk like this the whole time in the galactic boombox. Yeah, the boombox. Yeah, the irony is, as you're as you're doing this show, my show, Intergalactic Boombox, is a, a hiatus, kind of an extended hiatus, because my real life world is consumed by um, back-to-back weekends of convention travel and appearances <laughs> and um, that that dreaded pod fade thing kind of hit it's like oh my gosh i'm tired i'm exhausted i'm getting writer's block i'm thinking too hard and when Mm -hmm. you start overthinking things then it doesn't become fun anymore so decided to not quit just wanted to take a little break so if people are interested in checking out um the podcast of course you go uh just type in intergalactic boombox on uh, any podcast player and you got like 90 plus episodes to listen to i did the last two episodes are Special editions that are a little more on the serious side. I did one on uh, the the SAG strike and one on mm. AI. Yeah, I, I I did hear the AI one. I like uh, right before the show we were talking about the oh yeah it was Plankton singing Hallelujah by uh, I almost said David <laughs> Allen Cohen, but it's not that. It's um, who the hell wrote that song? <laughs> Leonard Cohen. I, yeah, that's no. But, oh, yeah, Allen Leonard Cohen. Cohen. <laughs> David <laughs> Allen Cohen. What the? No, no, yeah. Joel and Ethan Cohen. <laughs> AI stuff, man. Like I, I get, uh, I get both takes on it. Where it's like, oh, it's just you know, it's, it's not convincing yet, and they're never gonna cross the uncanny valley, whether it's audio or visual or whatever. But man, I don't know. You hear Plankton singing Hallelujah. I mean, that's. It sounds like Plankton. Yeah, it's just, and it's even the, uh, like, once he gets further into it. um, Yeah, and I was telling you before we started how uh, you got Elvis doing Baby Got Back. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I like big bucks and I cannot lie. (laughs) Oh, you're at the brother's kids tonight. The art, I get it's just mostly composite stuff, but it's getting to the point where 
I'm not. I don't really buy the argument that it's never going to get convincingly good, because um, it's already in in the last less than a year. It seems like it's just launched like a rocket ship. What they can do, and I, I you know what I, I yeah, that's the episode I heard you on on Boombox where you're talking about the that was maybe it wasn't I maybe it was, I thought it was your show where you, uh, you were talking about just the the threat of taking the jobs of voice actors once AI gets good enough. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of why I was seeing a lot of stuff that day about it, and decided to hold a Twitter Spaces, and then I did one the next night as well, and did, I just compiled some of call ins, some of the call ins mm-hmm. on that subject, and I heard from people of all walks of life, I heard from an engineer, some fellow voice actors, some amateur voice actors, some fans, and you know, and and trying to say that AI are the biggest weapon you have right now is spreading awareness. So can people can can stop back and really think, oh, this is only going to affect someone else, an artist or a musician or an actor. It's not going to affect me. It's like, but AI is supposed to be on paper anyway, a tool to make life more convenient. And it mm. can do that. Absolutely. You had the, the Beatles um, revolver come out and uh, Giles Martin was able to do things with the tracks that they weren't able to do in the 60s. So AI was used as a tool. It didn't replace anybody. There's a new Beatles song coming out and Ringo Starr said, this isn't AI. This is literally me playing drums, taking a pre-existing George Harrison guitar track and a pre-existing John Lennon vocal. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's good. But, you know, there are people out there online uh, you know, just inputting on chat GPT or whatever interface. It's like, I want a Beatles song, but it's sung by Kanye West. And then <laughs> two seconds later. Yeah, that's, it's really fun to play with the stuff. And it's, it's cheap as somebody that can't like, that doesn't have the money to necessarily hire the top notch artists or the, the top notch graphic designers or the top notch voice talent. If I want something done, I can either go on Fiverr or I can get something that's probably going to be a little bit better. Just pumping in, you know, text to a, that'll spit something out for me. Um, like the most popular form of voiceover you hear on TikTok and YouTube mm-hmm. is the AI stuff. And it sounds fake and, you know, it mispronounces words and it sounds really stilted, but for whatever reason, people like doing that. It is fun, especially if it's funny, like the, the Joe Biden and Donald Trump playing Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Joe. Yeah. Get out of the lobby. Yeah, like all that. <laughs> I'm sorry. To me, the more convincing it sounds. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of entertainment value for sure. Uh, but then you stop and think and it's like, oh, that's not so funny anymore for, for anyone in the arts, for anyone who's creating. Um, yeah, there, there's always going to be, you know, I think one of the few jobs that probably won't be threatened is coders. People that can make sure that the computers that have this technology are maintained and updated and all that until, you know, until a computer robot uprising. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once, once Oy. the computers learn to code, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. And then that was actually the plot of the Terminator. If you remember that movie, it really was yeah. the Terminator. I mean, sci-fi films are a warning. Skydive. <laughs> James Cameron directed that, if you remember that. That's so bad. I mean, I am just so sick of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I agree. Let's not do that anymore. I am Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Um, I love me some AJ, dude. 
don't know if you're a fan. I don't know if you, I don't know if you're at least a, as, as somebody who's, I mean, he does a, as a voice, I, I he's not a professional voice talent as like yourself, but I, his uh, Cobra commander is pretty good. Cobra commander. Hail Cobra. I can't even do it. Like he does. He's too good at it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, who, who is this in particular? Alex Jones. Oh, Alex Jones. <laughs> Alex Jones, Cobra Commander. You heard him do Cobra. Hey, Cobra. I, I, he does it. So he is already naturally raspy. So he's good at that. Autobots roll out. Yeah. I don't know. Should any, we do a raspy thing? Ooh, I got a game we could play. Okay. Okay. Um. So what if you do an impression of somebody and I have to guess who it is. And then I do like a worse impression of somebody else and you have to guess who it is. Well, hello there. Sorry, that was that was to start the announcement. Now we're started. Officially. Oh, well, now we begin. Well, what can I tell you? This place is surrounded by. Oh, it's Obi Wan Kenobi. Yes. <laughs> oh, that yeah. was good. Hello there. I should know. Yeah, that's really good. All right, let me. Uh, I guess I shouldn't think. start with the most quotable Ben Kenobi. Line. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So okay. So yeah, yours. what's the rule? I've, I didn't think this through. What's the rules? Can we quote them directly, or do we have to just talk like them? I didn't think about that. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it can make it easier if you if you do a quote. Maybe maybe we end, maybe once it maybe if they can't guess, then we go into quotes. Because like okay. I could just go like Misa Misa, and then you'd know. Yeah, and I go, oh, that's Jar Jar. But if I act like I'm ordering like a like a uh, Cuban sandwich and I order a fries, and I don't say Misa, would you still get it if I went? I get it. It's so hard to talk like Georgia without saying Misa. Cuban fry, <laughs> Cuban sandwich, <laughs> and fr- now I just sound like I'm doing like a like a uh, some kind of racist accent if I try to do Georgia things without saying Misa. All right, well, okay, let me just think of something else. Um, okay, all right, I got it. It can't be Star Wars. That's too obvious. So I'm going to go with. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What are you doing over there? Wow. Playing with a reef blower. That is the most <laughs> childish thing I have ever heard of. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That sounds like Dennis Miller on Clonopin. <laughs> but, I was going for Squidward, Squidward tentacles was the goal there, um, dude. You know, um, true a transparency here. I have never seen a whole episode of uh, SpongeBob. <sighs> I know, right? It's only like a t- I've eleven met minute Kenny. episode. <laughs> Tom Kenny is yeah. amazing. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure you would agree that he's like one of the greats. I would. As far he as is me- way up there, dude. Yeah. I have. Uh, Gotten to meet uh, a lot of today's giants, John West, uh, sorry, Billy West, John DiMaggio, Rob Paulson, Maurice LaMarche, Kevin Conroy, rest in peace. You know, a lot of the industry giants. I've not met Mark Hamill. I, w- I think that's a bucket list thing, but. Uh, he was yeah. such a good Joker, just voice acting that he's in my top three Jokers of all time, and he never even played him on screen. That's how good Mark Hamill was as Joker. That's right. Talk about a career reinvention. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> it's like, you know, I'm more than Luke, right? I'm like, uh, right. yeah. And Shatner's more than Kirk, and Leonard Nimoy was more than Spock. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass too much, but I genuinely am so fascinated. I I love the world of audio. I mean, I mean, this is an audio show, but I love the world of. Uh, first of all, let me back up. I'm a huge fan of animation of all kinds. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, one of my favorite shows is South Park, and they every imitation they do of any celebrity sounds exactly the same which is you know because they don't give a shit but uh, the um the theater of the mind the the soundscapes the creating a world just out of out of voice um and then letting in some cases i know a lot of like well let me let me ask you the, the process of most of the stuff you've worked on uh, outside of the video games you've worked on when it comes to i'm assuming that you you get a storyboard and then the script, yeah. and then once you voice act, then they animate it based on your audio? Is that how that works? Well, the process starts with the audition. The audition is just a piece of paper, or now just an email with a right. PDF file. Um, the audition side is just a script that shows a range of emotion, like three or four lines or so, and a picture of the character and a description of the character. And basically those bullet points, we have to be able to kind of self-direct nowadays since the pandemic started, talent records remotely for not just auditions, but sometimes the sessions. Now things are starting to cool off and people are going back into studios. But for original animation, cartoons and such, yeah, the audio is recorded first and then it's animated and then maybe a year or two later, or in in the case, a week with South Park. Yeah. (laughs) But... Usually that stuff gets shipped off and animated in Korea. Even anime mostly gets animated in Korea. But oh, so Japan, the, the huge oh Japan yeah, op- they outsource. Wow, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of American animation is done in Korea. You, if you pause the um, credits to a lot of cartoons you watch, Family Guy, Simpsons, whatnot, you're going to see a lot of Asian names. So. Um, there's that uh with anime it pays a lot lower even though technically it's the hardest kind of voice work to do because you're matching lip flaps and you know uh trying to make it not sound stilted you know getting a performance and uh just delivering a an english version of the script that's faithful to the original translation but will make sense uh to an english-speaking audience and sometimes the scripted line may be slightly too long. There's too many mouth flaps or yeah. not enough words written. And we have to, on the fly, adapt it. Yeah. And that can slow the session down a little bit. But, um, yeah, the nice thing about anime dubs is you see the finished product already on the screen. Now, uh, we don't have time to sit there and preview and watch the whole episode. I, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, in the episode outside of what the director tells me and time is money. So we just focus on recording my parts, whether it's two lines or two hours worth of lines. And then I'm just going on the context of what the director tells me. And of course we preview the line and in the original language. So I can see the, the pattern of the mouth opening and closing and, and all that and see how loud or soft it's going to be. And then match that intensity. And uh, sometimes we can do it in a take. Sometimes we have to finesse over three or four takes. Sometimes they do a Franken take. They'll say, I like this part from take one and this part from 
take four and the engineer will use pro tools to snap it together. And sometimes it sounds organic and other times like just uh, peat and repeat. It sounds stitched together. So just, you know, uh, mimic the performance mm. and, the, and then we'll do, we'll do that. And uh, a lot of anime nowadays are basically what are called simul dubs. They're coming out almost at the same time as they do in Japanese, and they end up on Crunchyroll or um, Cartoon Network and with a pretty fast turnaround, uh, as opposed to in years past, where you'd wait six months or longer for it to come out on a DVD or a Blu-ray or even streaming. Uh, I have a two-part question. What's like your favorite project you've ever worked on, if that's something that you would be willing to say? And then part, uh, so that was part one. And then B, um, what's your favorite cartoon of all time? I'm going to answer B first. Uh, Bugs Bunny, classic Looney Tunes. That's classic. what planted the seed when I was probably eight years old. When I was old enough to understand and my dad explaining to me, because that was his favorite cartoon too. He said, it's like, say, one guy voiced all these characters, Mel Blanc. So that was my hero there. Never got to meet him. He passed away in 89. Who Framed Roger Rabbit was his last project on screen at the same time as Mickey Mouse. And uh, that's um, that really, really started my, my uh, being intrigued, just like you were, with the whole theater of the mind aspect. I was really introverted, very shy. I wanted to entertain, but I didn't want people looking at me. So I always struggle yes. with memorizing dialogue and, and lines for play. So I didn't get active in the drama department in my school. I just, I was too embarrassed, too shy. Yeah, I was, I was a but theater I, kid growing up the entire, pretty much from elementary school through college and usually got, oh, so you got over stage fright. <laughs> yeah. But then I tried, then I went up on an open mic, uh, just, and was just completely just shit my pants pretty much right on stage. Like I, it's like it's some as somebody who's been like the lead in musicals and like, you know, all kinds of stuff. You would think that it's not that intimidating, but I get nervous about just like, yeah, I mean, stage fright's a real thing. Uh, so yeah, I get, I completely empathize with you. And by the way, I hate to correct you, but Bugs Bunny is a good answer, but not the correct one. King of the Hill is the greatest cartoon of all time. Okay. <laughs> God dang it. Boy, yeah. I'll tell you what. Oh God dang it and bobby's like i didn't even know bobby was voiced by a woman until recently that's right it's like i've seen her on uh hey. californication i know a, it's like really how how can it how can they talk like that I, I can't even do a bobby my hank's okay it's like how many cigarettes a day do you have to smoke to sound like that i don't know but i, I smoke a lot and i still can't quite get the bobby voice right but hank hill i feel like i do pretty good gosh dang it's Kang Hanks. Well, that's, right. that's right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so. That's so true, man. But uh, to answer your A question yes. was, uh, man, it's it's hard to narrow it down to one because my first big gig was Dragon Ball Z yes. 23 years ago. I started as a fan in 1995 and I would go around. I would watch the show as intensely into it and I would imitate the narrator, which is a role I took over eventually. And then I got to voice the older version of Gohan and have been voicing him ever since. Uh, all the way up through Dragon Ball Super Superhero last summer, where he finally got an upgrade. We've been waiting for his character to be great again. He's been kind of gimped 
<laughs> on the <laughs> sidelines for anything, but that's one of them. The other is one of the shortest things I've ever done. It's a 10 second cameo on Disney's Wreck-It Ralph. So I got to be in a Disney movie and I didn't have to be a celebrity that's to do right. it, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, um, Street Fighter yeah. Ryu opened the door for that. So now, I feel like video game acting Fighter, would yeah. be fun because you're just doing a lot of like grunts and like, oh, oh. Like, I feel I don't know why, but I think fun. that would just be funny to be involved. <laughs> like, just, it would, but it also can can tear apart your vocal cords. If you scream for an, a certain amount of time, you're start, you're going to sound husky and then you're going to sound like Alex Jones. Or, exa- or I was about Bob to go Jones. back to Alex Jones. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, what would he the, sound without the husky voice? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a combination of cigarettes and booze, but I'd stay. That was 10% and 10%. 80% of that was screaming for six hours a day, six days a week for 20 years. Yeah. I, yeah. And, I don't uh, mean to. People that aren't used to public speaking or, or doing voiceover, especially things that are vocally intensive, like screams on anime, cartoons, or video games. It's like, if you're not used to it, then yeah, your your vocal cords are going to go out. It's not fun. And that is, it's not just the drumming and the, just the insane guitar licks. The drumming, double kick pedal, all that is impressive. But with, when it comes to heavy metal screamo singers, they they work so much harder than most musicians, which sucks because their music is not as enjoyable to me as most musicians. But those guys that can do like... <laughs> Like, you know, multiple nights a week for years. (laughs) I don't know how they do it. Yeah. I think the first singer that blew me away as a kid growing up in the 70s or early 80s is when Brian Johnson took over for ACDC. It's like, how do you sing like that all the time with your voice? (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, well, naturally, he naturally sounds like that. And then, oh, there's something called technique. And then, yeah, all these death metal singers, they understand breath control and diaphragm and, and all these different things and the placement of your voice and, and through your nasal passages and all this stuff. I think there's a thing or two that all voice actors could learn. You know, it's like, everybody, let's all take a death metal course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do your voice for more than two minutes. I cannot even. That was the worst Yoda I've ever done. I've done some bad Yodas, but that was bad. But no, I can't cough. I can't do it without coughing, usually even Yoda. I don't know how. Well, anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, Not to put you on the spot here, but I have a mover and shaker in the industry that uh, wanted to talk to you. They had a bone to pick. Oh. (laughs) I promise they won't get you in too much trouble. Hello? Hi, I'm Uh, on the line with Kyle Uh, Abear. the hell have you been this space station is falling apart without you (laughs) yeah kyle the voicemails are backing up and i'm i can't even leave a voicemail for you to complain about things karen just when are you gonna get back up here herbert ken ken conspiracy please just settle down i'm gonna come back eventually I mean, people are still boosting the show, even though I'm on a hiatus. And and remember, the logic is our spaceship remains in orbit as long as people are boosting on Podcasting 2.0 apps. Yes, but you went on hiatus without cleaning out the dishwasher, you dolt. I don't have any clean spoons. <laughs> Man, it's not every day that someone gets called a dolt, but I will wear that as a badge of honor, sir. <laughs> I know that you're all are on strike and everything, 
but uh, it doesn't mean you can't come visit. Well, you know, that's true. I could just keep the intergalactic boombox topics to not covering current movies and television. I could cover the strike in general. That's fine. But in solidarity with the actors and the writers, you know, uh, that removes a lot of the guts of what we do on the show. But Ken, you know, I guess I could have you do the whole show and just do all the news you can't use in the interim. But uh, that requires uh, me. That sounds like a whole lot of work. It's a lot of work, sir. Coming up with things to come out of your mouth from my head, from my own mouth, <laughs> and then <laughs> editing it. That's that's a lot, a lot of program. That That is why my podcast, The Intergalactic Boombox, will never be lit. Will not be live. It's just too hard. This is kind of hard. Switching back and forth and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, hey Kyle. Maybe if I got one of those, maybe if I got one of those fun toys that you have, you know, maybe I could do it back and forth. <laughs> but uh, wow, that was pretty good, Metis. I gotta say, that was oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and Metis was his name. Woo! Yeah, he's got I, it. I uh, yeah, I forgot to compliment you on your performance of uh, as Scrooge on Metis Pod. That was really good. Was, ah, thank you. I think I played conspiracy. Man on Street number two, and I had one line. Yeah, I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You were a man, man, man on Street two. And then I listened to it, and I'm like, "Wow, I went way more British than I was." Like, "I got you, governor," and then everybody else was like, "You know, just like a regular British accent." And I was like, "Wow, I really overdid it." Oi, what's all this then? If I was Metis, I would have just, yeah, I would have either just like immediately emailed me back and said, Hey, resend that and re redo that. And here's some notes. Or I would have just not even put it in and gotten somebody else, but God bless him. He put that in anyway, for some reason. Have you noticed that we've been getting splits for that episode of meet pod, even through the middle of the year, <laughs> I'll go through and look on a fountain and I'll see what people are boosting. And sure enough, there's this, <laughs> there's this Christmas Carol episode. Like, Wow. Now? Yeah. Really? Hey, it's, uh, you know, um, I, I'm amazed by, like, I haven't released an episode in forever, and it's still getting getting lots of listens and lots of boosts, and, uh, you know, it's it's really neat. The boost system is amazing. The You know, even if you're not producing, people are still appreciating the older episodes and still boosting it. It's really neat. And uh, speaking of this great podcasting 2.0 technology, I was listening to Dave and uh, uh, Adam talk about pod fans, and I signed up for that, and they gave me an invite code, and then I signed up, and it didn't work right, and then I tried to use the invite code, and it said, oh, you already used this, and now I'm waiting to hear back from them. Yeah. What is fans yeah, in buggy. relation to... Oh, okay. Okay. How it, is that different than the it, podcasting 2.0 infrastructure? It uses the podcasting, it uses all the tags um, and all it uses the podcast index and all that. Um, but basically it's just another player, but it's completely focused around um, paying while you listen. Like it's completely focused around making sure that you're, the people you're listening to are getting paid uh, in boosts okay. and streaming sets. So. so it's like Fountain. 
uh, right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> but it, it pushes it pushes the um like I actually got into it. It kept kicking me out, but I kept going back in, and like it'll it'll show you like it really really pushes like at the bottom underneath the title of a show it'll say this episode's 34 minutes long at 200 sats it'll cost you a dollar 42 to listen to or you know whatever um so it's it's really like it wants you it pushes you hard to set a number of sats to stream while you're listening so um, okay it's like it's all about supporting the podcaster Okay, so what does the average no agenda um, episode go for? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I know somebody's like, keeping track of all of all of the boosts. We're get, getting in the weeds with uh, catching 2.0 stuff here. Speaking but Speaking of boosts, uh, I, I know, did have a boost come in from last night that I need to read real quick. Well, yeah, go for it. Uh, so I had um, <clears throat> the art for the... Last show, well, we did. We called that aquarium about how fat their mermaids were and how it traumatized my son, and um, and so like the next episode, I did uh, mermaid art with AI. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, artists that need to get paid, but I can't afford it. Um, and like it made the art, mermaids have like nips and and titties that were not bigger than their stomachs, but big. And and uh, I got a boost in. From Tony G uh, for 329 sats, it says, horrifying sea maids, yikes. So thank you, Tony G. And uh, with that, uh, carry on. I just, while I was thinking about boosts, I had to <laughs> That reminds me, I um, think that Mita should do a fun fact Friday about mermaids and the confusion with sirens. Sirens are the female yeah. creatures that, that drown the pirates <laughs> and sailors. Yeah. Anyway, I'm still Why are you waiting talking on the fun- like I'm a nerd. I'm still waiting You're talking on the- like I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm still waiting on the fun fact. <laughs> he's not a nerd. He's a cool guy. Midas, I'm still waiting on the fun fact Friday episode that goes in through in detail about the BMI and uh, how unhealthy obesity is, and maybe like a, a two parter. You could do the other half on the FBI crime statistics or something. You know, just food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> we would. Yeah, that's maybe a couple more years. Uh, no, I'm, I'm joking. Clearly, okay. So, also, I saw you in the chat, Metis. You were you were dunking on my Squidward accent. Uh, so, I need I need you to do your best Squidward. Go. I I don't know how Squidward talks. I've seen less than one episode of uh, SpongeBob. You're stealing Kyle's lines. First off, he's seen one less than it. There's no, I cannot, there is no way in hell that two people on this planet have seen less than one episode of SpongeBob. I just refuse to believe I, it. I saw part of an episode where the squirrel astronaut was in te- was talking about Texas. That's I don't think all she's I've an astronaut. Oh God, I don't even know what to do with you guys. SpongeBob is the shit. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to dip out. Uh, it's good talking to you. I just wanted to do my uh, my conspiracy bit and my Karen bit and uh, <laughs> give you a hard I'm time. I'm totally fine, uh, sir. Thank you. But Love no, you take, take your time getting back to the show. Uh, it's, you know, we get it. You're working and uh, real life takes priority. So, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. thank so you. I'll, oh, I got a new show coming out. It's uh, going to be at coolguy.fyi. It's going to be called Nerd Talk with a Cool Guy. Uh, be looking for that in the next couple of weeks. And Ooh. all I can tell you is that 
this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Alex Jones was just kidding. We love you. Cool guy. Buy your vitamins okay. and supplements right now. I, uh, We're about sold out. <laughs> That's that's a pretty good AJ impression, I got to tell you. Well, Ken Spiracy is kind of, uh, he's an amalgam. He's a mashup of J. Jonah Jameson and Alex Jones. Hey, Metis, I forgot to ask you, what are you drinking yeah. on? You drinking on anything today? Yeah, just a Diet Pepsi. Ugh. What about you, Kyle? <laughs> <sighs> At the moment, nothing. But oh. uh, usually a, a Diet Coke or a Coke Zero or you know, something loaded with uh, the horribly cancer-causing sugar replacements. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been drinking beer! beer All right. Beer. I'm well, going to hang up and continue beer. listening. Y'all have... I've, I've been drinking <laughs> beer. So. Uh, but yeah, thank you, Midas. We love you. Yep. All right. Bye. So much love. So I'm much wishing love. I would have done a little more convincing job of... Made, I should have, like, done some kind of sleuthing and figured out, like, who you're higher ups were and acted like, and given a name and then had me just play him if I really wanted to be mean. I don't know. If I'm for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I'm contract talent, so I don't have a boss per se, but You're your own uh, boss, you're a free agent. I'm yeah. I get to pay 20% more taxes and uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's real uh, fun. I'm, I'm listed technically as an independent contractor in my day job. And yeah, the taxes are fucking outrageous. Dude, I'm trying to join your chat room, and it just keeps on giving me errors. It's uh, Kiwi's been acting weird. I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't know. There's 29 Hashtag people in here. Six. 29 people in here right now, and I think maybe five of them are listening because uh, <clears throat> we kind of we're bumping into uh, uh, Millennial Media Offensive's time right now. So they're the show on the No Agenda stream. So I'm just on my oh own, my god. I'm on my own tiddlywink stream right here. But uh, but yeah, man, I don't know. Um, Shit, I, I guess. Uh, what do you, th what do you think? Where, where should we go from here? I don't really know how to follow up Metis there. Well, we can talk about Tiddlywinks. Tiddlywinks is uh, what is, is the greatest uh, exactly. vitamin supplement ever. <laughs> I take fifty grams of Tiddlywinks every day. Have you seen his his uh, comp competition to Blue Chew that he's got out now? It's all natural. <laughs> I didn't know there was competition in the in the chew field. <laughs> I, uh, I guess what it is Infowars Life what's the name of the product it gives you a boner Blue Chew no it's it's Alex Jones it's like a it's called it's on I hear it advertised Alex Jones is on the radio like nationwide still 350 radio stations or something and I still I listen to him in the car every time I'm in the car pretty much if it's in the right times and uh, they advertise it on Christian radio it's called Instahard. Your libido is going to be better than ever. I have better libido than I did when I was 16. And I'll tell you what, when I was 14, I was screwing 300 gir college girls. And you're like, wow, Alex, <laughs> even if this is true, you're talking about this on Christian radio. But I'm hard it. enough to cut diamonds. <laughs> Praise Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, um, oh, wait, maybe, maybe we could, let's do another, I feel like really bad about how bad my Squidward was, so let's try this again. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to oh. try it anyway, I'm going to try it anyway, even though I've never tried this voice. Okay, you ready? 
I'm ready, sir. Oh, Peter, what are you doing over there? What's that? You're so fat. You do all you do is sit and watch TV. Oh, God. <laughs> like, hang on. Let me try that again. <clears throat> oh, Peter. Okay, that was bad. <laughs> that sounds like Cleveland, but I know it's Lois. <laughs> <laughs> So you watch Family Guy, but you don't watch SpongeBob. I see how it is. Yeah. Jesus. You know what? For years, I avoided watching Family Guy because I was kind of a cartoon snob. I thought if it didn't look pretty or wasn't, you know, the character designs weren't attractive in some way, eye-catching, that it just wasn't worth watching. But um, I'm a hypocrite because South Park is simplistically drawn, and it is some of the most brilliant commentary on society ever yeah. made. There's no close second, really. I yeah, their two their two part episode, which is now banned from like Hulu and HBO Max, the making fun of Family Guy, where it turns out Family Guy is <laughs> written by banned? men. Well, yeah, because they were making fun of how you can't make fun of Muhammad. Not to get into the political thing of it, but I mean that was came out when George Bush was president. Uh, but there's that, ah. that's I mean that is not allowed anymore. Those episodes are I mean you can still they're not allowed on any of the streaming platforms anyways. But that the beast plot of that story when they're trying to when Cartman's trying to get Family Guy banned it turns out the writers are just manatees in a big tank that push idea balls into a chamber and randomly pick it's, uh, <laughs> Gary Coleman buying iced tea and he runs into Mr. T the classic Family Guy joke <laughs> yeah. now that I'm thinking about it I think I was doing an impression of South Park's Lois and not Lois itself I haven't watched Family Guy in forever I don't know, Seth MacFarlane, I don't really like him, but he does some pretty good voices, better than I do. This is Stewie, how's that sound? Not very good. Then there's Brian. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I can sit there and try and work on impressions, but then I think maybe there's better things I could do <laughs> yeah. with my time. I don't know. I don't know. It's my not first like I'm going to take over Seth's job. Well, somebody should. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, <sighs> I can't think of like a, you you know, you know I, and I didn't think about it till when we were talking about Bobby from King of the Hill, but now I'm thinking how similar Marge from The Simpsons and Bobby from King of the Hill sound. Oh, yeah. Dude, there's, there, there's only so many, uh, I guess, archetypes or, or bases that you can build on. And the great comedian Frank Caliendo broke down doing impressions and how similar celebrities you, you think have nothing to do with one another until he breaks down the voices and suddenly mm. one celebrity becomes a different celebrity. So if you guys want to watch Frank Caliendo's stuff on TikTok, he's not just doing impressions. He actually helps people learn how to do them. He was good. I, I haven't seen any of his TikTok stuff, but I remember seeing his George Bush. It's like with the key the key to W's, you gotta look you gotta look like you're staring exactly in, like right into the sun, like right on the horizon. It's like squint his eyes. <laughs> And, uh, That's right. He would do John Matt. I think for a, like God. I I mean, I was a kid at the time, but it felt like ten straight years of him being on Sunday football doing impressions of John Madden and stuff like on on uh, <laughs> CBS, you know, football. John Madden stating the obvious, like, yeah. well, he, if he threw the football, then of course the other guy's gonna get the football and go to the, and get the goal. <laughs> Thank you, John. That was a great, brilliant observation, sir. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, My God, I can't believe it. Let's I do, can't believe it's not butter. Who is that? Wait, okay, hang on. Is it, wait, I have to guess. Okay, do it again. What we have here is failure to communicate. You bastard, you killed my son. Is that Shatner? That's Shatner. Okay. I shat my pants. I got it. (laughs) Uh, I like Shatner. There's something on the wheel of light. Dude, watching Shatner narrate his, you know, his live, uh, I don't know, uh, stuff about ufos or mysteries or whatever he always looks like he is shocked to look that the camera's on him it's like he has to spin around real fast and then like oh this one's on now read the teleprompter and sound mysterious raise the eyebrow weather as a weapon there's yes that. There's that show he did like i can't remember the name of the show but it was when we did our episode on harp god three years ago when i first started the show and that clip of shatner weather as a weapon i think it was called the unexplained (laughs) but it was with an x and this whole episode is about how the st louis arch is actually like a weather modifying weapon that can create hurricanes and tornadoes and ball lightning it's like the same and it's like do we have any proof that that uh st louis arch is a weather weather modification weapon no but the inventor of it who <laughs> the architect who created the blueprints also was kind of interested in weather modification technology. Therefore, is it possible? Like that was the premise of a 45 minute long episode. <laughs> uh, I love it. And how ironic that you get Shatner in, in modern times doing what Leonard Nimoy did in the seventies. He had a, a show about mysteries of the world called in search of, and you know, he just, he's kind of sounded like Spock the whole time. Yes. <laughs> it's like the mystery of Loch Ness. What is going on here? I don't understand. And just brings up in the chat, the ballad of Bilbo Baggins, that song he did. Bilbo. Oh my me. God. He didn't know if about I had that. a hammer. <laughs> he, me just didn't know about that. And then right before we prank called some planetariums, he was, he, I had to play him the ballad of Bilbo Baggins because he hadn't heard of it. I don't even know how we got onto that subject. We talked about that for a Dude, while. Dude, he's he's got several solo albums. And, That's the only uh, song I know. So does Shatner. Shatner is great. Rocket, the cover of Rocket Man, where he's smoking the cigarette at some award show and sings Rocket Man. She packed oh, my yeah. bags last night. Pre-flight. But then the, his magnum opus, and I wish I could play it on here, but I don't want to get hit for copyright, is <laughs> Space Cowboy. Have you heard Space <laughs> Cowboy? It's the cover. It's from Steve Miller Band. Shatner's cover <laughs> of Space Cowboy is the best thing. It's I listen to that song unironically to this day. It's amazing. Some people call me the Space Cowboy. Some people call me Maurice. <laughs> I, get, <laughs> I have You know what? I'm fuck it. I'm going to play just a second of it. You can always edit it out of the yeah. pre-recorded version. Yeah, exactly. Or I'll just, you know, I'm sure there's a version of that's what we need to do with AI is have Shatner sing every song. Uh, oh, seriously. Let's see here. Yeah, there we go. 
By the way, it's Brad Paisley in this song, too. So it's Brad Paisley, Steve Miller, and William Shatner, I think, all sing on it, even though it's a cover of Steve Miller. Told you about living in the U.S. of A. Don't you know that I'm a gangster of love? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's almost six minutes long, and it's just just perfect. It, start to finish, the perfect song. And if you look at the, the cover for this, I actually bought it. I have the CD. It's two discs, two CDs, double album. It's called Seeking Major Tom, and it's a bad Photoshop of William Shatner in a spacesuit above Earth, in like a gold spacesuit. Oh, my God. I love that he never actually tries to even sing. He no. just kind of speaks through every <laughs> lyric. Let me see if I can get to the chorus here. There ain't no way around it. Ain't nothing to say that's going to satisfy my soul deep inside. Oh, God, it's got to be He sounds song. drunk. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. There's no way. Dude, oh, if God. I can stay drunk and keep moving. And still look that good at 90. I'm a space cowboy. I need to ISO that. I just, you know what? Sorry, I'm getting on a tangent, but I need to ISO that right there. No, seriously. I'm a space cowboy. Run that through some AI and just get it, get it without the music in the background. Bet you weren't ready for that. Oh, no, I can't say I was, but I'm sure there's a website. That's the next lyric in the song. I'm a space cowboy. Bet you weren't ready for that. So I know there's websites that remove vocals from music, but is there one that reviews that isolates vocals? There is. Uh, actually, I don't know if you could do it for that song or find it for that song, but uh, you can find pretty much any popular song on YouTube with the vocals isolated, just with the vocals by themselves. Dare I say your answer lies in AI. Yeah, and Kanye West had that um, mix. It's kind of like a combination between an iPad, or sorry, not an iPad, an iPod and a um, little mix board. And uh, on the fly, it was like a device he made for DJs, but you can load any song into it and you can isolate with the software in his Kanye's little uh, device, little handheld device. Fletcher from Hog Story has one. You can isolate just the drums or just the vocals or just the guitar or just the bass, basically. Dude. Pretty cool. And you can do it on the fly, too, and kind of remix songs. Yeah, remixing or even deconstructing and hearing elements of songs you didn't know were even there. Yeah. that That's really fun. It is. Yeah, like, man, I like I, going down rabbit holes when they talk about the recordings of albums, and they'll sit there and, like, back in VH1, behind the music, and they sit there with the engineer at the board, and he puts the fader bars up on just the vocals or just the bass, and it's like, wow, cool. Back when I had this stupid idea that I was going to actually make a concept album and got about halfway through and realized how shitty it was, <clears throat> I, around that halfway point, I watched the album about the making of Dark Side of the Moon and saw how they were <laughs> literally with scissors cutting tape, and they made that whole album with actual tape, and ed the editing process was using scissors and recording tape. Yeah. And how yeah, good that album when, came uh, out, and I was like, nope. Like, why right. even try? <laughs> I can't even do this. I can't yeah. even do this with a computer. Like in the 90s, I started, I, I, I got a broadcast degree in radio and uh, in the audio production class, I learned about how you used reel-to-reel -reel tape with a razor and a grease pencil to mark the begin edit point and the, you know, and the ending edit point. 
and that you physically had to remove that and put a little piece of tape on there and run it back and hopefully it sounded good but yeah queen doing bohemian rhapsody they kept reusing the same part of that master tape so much to sound like a choir of you know 50 versions of queen that the tape almost broke but you know when they did the remasters of hollywood records in the early 90s they were able to get those transferred over to digital and mm-hmm. save the uh integrity of the original recording uh but before we wrap it here what's like the um you know nothing nothing that you wouldn't want to share but what's like the just something that you were just flabbergasted to learn about the industry you work in something that you didn't expect maybe that might be too broad of a question i can narrow it down if that's too broad but no, just what's, what's something I mean, that made you go like like the classic records i thought I initially thought I originally grew up in Dallas and did a career in radio was full-time employee. And then I moved out to Los Angeles in 2005 to become freelance. And I had the mindset that once I got the right gig, things would just fall into place. And then I would be working all the time. That couldn't be farther from the truth. I ended up getting good gigs with good roles, but when you're freelance, you know, you're only paying you know, you're only getting paid when you work and you're not always working. And what I learned was people of all parts of uh, whether they're veterans or newbies or people that have only been doing it for 10 years or whatnot, they seem to be on an even playing field in terms of the amount of auditions you do versus the amount of booked work you actually get. So we could all, uh, me and Billy West could read for a hundred different commercials, for example, but we might only get hired for one because it, the competitive, the competition is that big, mm-hmm. but you have to have a thick skin and just accept that, you know, it's not that you suck. It's just, there's only so many roles. So, you know, you either have to get a day job or spend the downtime training and honing your craft, maybe cobbling together a new demo to woo your agent with, and the agent can woo some more casting directors with and, Hope for the best, but it seems like there's not upward momentum necessarily. It seems like more of a roller coaster. You could have a great year, a great week, a great month, followed by dry desert and nothing, not even auditions. But uh, fortunately, uh, me and many other voice actors of popular anime and video games have been very lucky with the convention circuit and things have opened up since the pandemic. So I end up earning way more money going to cons than I do recording for the projects that I'm known for at the cons. So would, uh, for people coming up, would you recommend freelance as the way to go, especially now that with internet, like, you know, emailing in auditions and stuff? I think you have to be smart with it. You know, if you're going to get into voiceover, that's, that's something you can't really just dabble in. You really have to uh, fully commit to it. And the commitment mm-hmm. part comes in the training aspect of becoming the best actor you can not the best imitator or someone just making people laugh with your impressions because those roles are already cast what do you have to bring to the table as except in the case of rick and morty except in the yeah yeah (laughs) there's there's always an exception but unfortunately you know everyone's path is so unique so if anyone did exactly what i did it wouldn't necessarily work but the the commonality, the common thread through all actors telling up and coming people or people thinking about getting into voiceover is you have to 
to be the best actor you can first. Mm-hmm. When people say, you ever do any real acting? It sounds like a, an insult because voice acting is acting. It's just another kind of acting. But I know they're not trying to be mean or anything. It just comes across as like, well, it is acting, actually. It's just removing the physicality out of it. You're not yeah, reliant and, upon and you, your it's kind books of- and where you're is yeah it's kind of it's similar like in stage acting the first thing you realize is you have to be bigger than you would if you were somebody because like the audience is way back so you have to over emote to kind of compensate for how far away you are the subtleties of face expressions aren't picked up on stage necessarily so yeah everything is projection right so i'm assuming voice acting would be something similar it's like you have to you really have to not necessarily overact but you have to you have to be a lot more subtle or less subtle in certain instances to to kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. Yeah. But. No, it does. The The microphones are, you know, expensive and sensitive, and they can certainly pick up on a subtle performance or a vocally loud and crazy unhinged performance. And that depends on where the director is going with you and you as an actor, whether you're taking new choices or taking risks and trying new things. Um, but... You know, it's freeing in one aspect that, you know, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how old you are. You know, how old, what, what is your vocal sound range? I mean, I'm 54, but I can sound like I'm in my 30s. I have a younger sounding voice. So uh, I can play young. I play Gohan in Dragon Ball Z. He's probably in his mid-20s. And I played older characters, and sometimes they played demons or monsters or whatnot. They were supposedly hundreds of years old. Those it just depends on what's or millions or billions. Yeah, those those seems like they would like the is like the crazy going back to like unhinged or the crazy like villains kind of the most fun to play. I feel like they would be. Yeah, yeah. My uh, I play Eisen Sosuke Eisen on Bleach. He is the main villain of that show. Uh, he's not the only one. There's a different one in this new season that's been on Hulu lately, but uh, he's still in the background, all according to plan. He's he's pretty, he's not unhinged. He's actually calm and collected, so it's not vocally stressful. But I have played ones that totally lose it and yell and scream. But the the great thing to get through any of those vocally stressful sessions is Chinese cough syrup. You type in Chinese cough syrup on Amazon, the brand Ninjiam Pop. Pacoa is basically the brand. It's the first thing that comes up. It comes in syrup. It comes in lozenge form. You take a couple of that, a couple spoonsful of that before you start recording, and it protects and coats your vocal cords when you yell and scream. So when you get at the end of the session, you don't feel nearly as ragged. You don't sound like you just gargled razor blades. So it's like a throat condom. uh, It kind of is. Yeah. Now, throat coat and other, you know, hot tea with honey and lemon and, and herbal things are absolutely the go-to uh, toys. They're kind of essential tools, rather, for uh, for voiceover people. Well, that was all a really good answer, but I, I'm I'm shocked. I expected, like, the craziest thing you've seen in the industry was going to be like, yeah, I saw the guy that plays Bender on Futurama dry humping a Jake the Dog Adventure Time plushie toy or something. <laughs> no 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 he's actually I, I can't i can't think of his name offhand but he's up there with tom kenny in my book just because i love all the john dimaggio yes yeah Bender gears of and, war great great uh he's absolutely. he's always the re- he's always he's like the alex jones of uh voice acting for sure 
Very he uh, was also a really good Joker, and just in a little scene in uh, Batman Under the Red Hood. I didn't even know he played Joker, but I love I love yeah. him as Jake the Dog. That's for sure. One of my favorite cartoons. Yeah. Of time. Now you've at least Big seen that, Big right? You Big haven't. Big yeah, I know Big you haven't Big seen SpongeBob, but you've seen Adventure Time. I have seen bits of it. Oh, well, I guess you. <laughs> I guess you have a lot less free time than me. Apparently, I still watch kids' cartoons. I do. I'm almost thirty years old, I, and I still watch kids' cartoons. I cut the cord on cable so many years ago that, uh, and then suddenly we have 5,000 channels and nothing on. Yeah. I, uh, I don't streaming. have, I haven't had cable since I was probably 10 years old. <laughs> now we're actually spending more on streaming than we did on cable. And it's like, we don't want to do the math. Don't add up seven ninety nine a month plus another fourteen ninety nine, and up yeah. plus another 25 for 4k Netflix. And it, another, at least yeah. it's commercial free though. I, I go to, I watch cable and I'm like, Oh my God, how does anybody put up with these commercials? Yeah, I do YouTube premium. Yep. And they're about to go up in price too. Are they? I think it's worth oh. it though. Yeah. It's I been twelve ninety nine. It's, it's worth up. it for me just pulling up clips on the fly without having to deal with ads when I'm done the podcast. Like, uh, no. Yeah, pull up. Uh, I was gonna pull up a sound of gargling while you were talking about the throat coat stuff. Let's see. Let's see. I'll, I'll do this. <laughs> and now, now there's no ad, so it just goes right to the gargles. Yeah. So you, that's that's actually that and HBO Max are the only two things I pay for, like in that realm. Midas has never seen <laughs> Adventure Time or SpongeBob. Uh, yeah. What, what do I respond to that in the, in the chat 90s. with KYS? That's probably what I say, right? Know your shite. <laughs> yeah, that's know. what that means. <laughs> um, I can remember other things I watched in the nineties, like Batman the Animated Series, Animaniacs, uh, Cow and Chicken, Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy was the shit, and then Spike brought it back and made it really adult. And you were talking a lot about uh, freelance work, and that's something I'm interested in. But I think it's important we remember the hashtag hashtag freelance Armstrong. Uh, get him out of jail. He did nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah it's like uh, right my advice to anyone wanting to become a freelancer save up a good amount of money or if you're thinking about moving somewhere to become a freelancer save up a lot of money so you have something to float on while you find a day job to keep the bills paid while you uh invest in your craft and become you know what you want to there's no reason why you can't achieve some life goals, maybe uh, in a fleeting moment, you think I'm just stuck in this day job. It's like, no, no one's holding the gun to your head. Now. Yeah. It's going to take time. It's not going to come fast, cheap or easy, but that's going to make you all the more proud and you're going to appreciate it more once you get to that step in your life. And if it doesn't work out, it's a learning experience. Mm -hmm. You you can take a, a positive out of a negative. Absolutely. You may have learned what not to do. Uh, or you may stumble across, uh, across another, um, another thing that interests you that you hadn't given any consideration for. So I encourage you, sir, to go down the freelance route, but be cautious with your money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I, I, uh, I think that's a lot of good advice for a lot of people is, and, uh, anybody, anything before we, Rap anybody any anybody anything anything anybody what does that even mean what's coming up for you I know uh the boombox is on hiatus but as far as your you got any 
gigs coming up. Uh, maybe one or two people uh, hearing this will happen to be pretty close to your uh, comic or your convention. Oh, excellent. Yes. Well, go to my website, kyleabert.com. And Abert is spelled H-E-B-E-R-T. Looks like Hebert, but it's pronounced Abert, like a bear is attacking me. Arr! So kyleabert.com. Click on appearances and uh, you've got links to get tickets to all sorts of things. Rhode Island Anime Comic Con this weekend. Really cool Comic Con in Flint, Michigan in August. Game On Expo in Phoenix. Anime Magic in Chicago. Colorado Springs Comic Con. Uh, Planet Anime Kansas City, Anime Pasadena. All this stuff gets updated. So uh, if you want to see me uh, at a convention or Comic-Con, please click on the links at my website, kyleabear.com. Follow me on the socials, Kyle Abear on Twitter, and uh, threads and Instagram. Hell yeah, dude. Are you coming to Tennessee anytime soon? I think we just had no, an No, I actually don't have any. I don't have any dates there. But if people are saying, oh, man, you're not coming anywhere near me, let your local convention know. Either go on their website and email them or go on and tag them on a social media account and say, hey, it would be cool if you and then, you know, invited tag whatever actors or personalities you'd like to see as a guest at your local event and preferably do that at least six months out. All this stuff gets planned way in advance. Cool. Well, yeah, maybe if you come to Tennessee... Or I don't know, maybe, uh, I mean, I don't travel much, but if I happen to be one at, at one, when I get that autograph, I'll be like, hey, remember me? And then I'll shake your oh, hand. absolutely. And then I'll, uh, and then I'll let the it. next person come, come in line because I don't want to hold up lines. So if there's one thing I hate, it's holding up lines, especially at the bathroom. <laughs> it's like, this is the well, line to the I men's room. Why is it moving this slow? And then I realize I'm also probably, I don't, I know you got to go, but one quick anecdote. Have you ever been to many music festivals? Not that many because I just don't have the stamina to just be on my feet for 12 hours. <laughs> I was going to Bonnaroo every year for a while. And yes, it's definitely a young man's game. But uh, they finally installed plumbing instead of just porta potties that everybody had for five days. And oh my God. it was, you know, just a bunch of people on acid mushrooms and cocaine just, you know, getting. Sh- Literally at the at a certain point, everybody was mooing because we're kind of getting herded like cattle. So we're all just tripping, going like moo. We finally like you get to the men's the men's room, and the women. It was just like a complete clusterfuck. And the men's line within the first night of the bathrooms being there for the first year ever after you know fifteen years of Bonnaroo or whatever. There's just every single guy is like, even though they're all fucked up, going pisses on the left, shits on the right, pisses on the left, shits on the right, because the line was moving way too slow. And we and like I I didn't come up with it, but somebody did, and that's been every year since then. Pisses on the left, shits on the right is just like universal knowledge of how to go to the bathroom when you have a hundred thousand people on drugs. Oh my god! Yeah, I'll see footage of Woodstock, and that's <laughs> nineteen sixty nine. That's the year I was born. It's like, how did people actually enjoy that? <laughs> drugs are the only way. It's like it's not a sober man's. Uh, I mean, a hundred degrees. It doesn't care how many cool bands you're seeing if you're miserable. And sober, you're not going to have a good time. But yeah, man, the um, best angle dude, I could the best angle I could have at a music festival is a drone. I just saw footage from <laughs> Lamb of God performing, and it's a drone flying all around over the audience, through back behind the band, over Randy, over the guitarist. Oh, yeah. It's like, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, the first time I saw drones at a concert was George Clinton, Parliament, Parliament Funkadelic, 
And I was oh, tripping nice. so hard that I was seeing golden glowing orbs around each of the drones. And one was over my head. And I stared at this thing for about an hour. And was filming. they were filming the concert. And they had these energetic fields of glowing yellow energy around them. Yeah. And I found the other guy in the crowd and tracked him down because I knew he ate the same mushrooms. And I'm like, do you see those drones? What's that around there? He's like, there's glowing orbs. You see those? I'm like, yeah, I've been staring at them for like an hour. So now I'm convinced that like I was, we were somehow tuning into the electromagnetic field around the drone and somehow saw that, but that might be a little too far-fetched. I don't know. Well, you see, it's a disclosure. Aliens, man. (laughs) The alien Uh, agenda. It's turning frogs gay. Oh, hello. 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 Good morning. You're on the air. Kyle Bear, thank you so much for hanging out, man. And uh, I'm looking forward to when the boombox comes back, but no rush is me. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. It's been a blast. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Kyle. And uh, yeah, all the links to find Kyle and everything he's doing, as well as all the intergalactic boombox episodes and his upcoming uh, convention dates will be linked in the show notes. So please check those out and boost the boombox, people. Come on now. Boost! Boost! Thank you, Kyle. I'll see you. Thank you, sir. Take it easy, champ. Why don't you stop talking for a while? Maybe sit the next couple plays out. You know what I mean? Weather as a weapon? (laughs) Oh, God. Well, dummies, you just wasted another amount of your non-precious time listening to abs in a six-pack. When are you going to stop? You know, there's very few of you. If, you, if this is like a hands-on-a-hard-body thing of trying to figure out who will be the last person actually with listening to this show, it's a lose-lose proposition. By the way, he asked me to do this. The head moron who makes the show. <laughs> ha! The secret is, I think he's the biggest moron of all. It would indicate that you're a bigger moron for listening to his show. However, I think somehow that's not true. He actually is a bigger moron than the rest of you. Anyway, go outside. Read a book. Ride a bike. Take a walk. Go walk a dog. Go kiss somebody. Whatever there is, I can think of one million things to do better than listen to this dumb, crummy show. Abs in a six-pack. Well, I bet for most of you, you're half right. (laughs) This is Master Shake. Do something with your lives.